Unfiltered, a skincare podcast featuring the good, the bad, and the unfiltered. Hosted by myself, Courtney Adams. And me, Griffin Churchwell. Today's episode, we're going to talk about bosses, how we transitioned into new jobs, how we got to where we are today. And we wouldn't be able to even start the conversation without addressing the fact that we're both in lockdown in our own homes during the coronavirus. Womp womp. How are you doing over there, Griffin? I'm doing great. It's our first ever episode. You'll have to forgive us if there's technical issues. We're new to Zoom. We're trying to figure this out. But since we don't really have much else going on, since we're not working, we thought we'd try and see if we can get some podcasts recorded in this downtime. I'm holding up okay. I find um, physical exercise every morning is important in starting my day right. What about you? What are you doing to keep sane? I am tackling. So I live on 25 acres and I am like tackling power washing every single thing in my life right now and planting the garden. Um, but you know what I've like been finding myself doing is like with the power washer, I'm like, I'm going to dermaplane this board. I'm going to hydrofacial the shit out of you. <laughs> That's an esthetician thing to say. Like you're exfoliating your porch. Uh, yeah, I've been watching your stories and you have such a such pretty land. I'm jealous. I'm I'm in an apartment and luckily um, there's a lot of parks and stuff nearby for me out. But yeah, I feel like I'm stuck in a little box, whereas you have 22 beautiful acres and a creek to play with. It's definitely refreshing. I feel very blessed during this time. Um, But yeah, just the fact that we're not able to get into the treatment room is creating so much chaos among so many people. I'm sure that if you're listening and you're not from Nashville, this is probably happening in your city too. But there are layoffs like crazy. In fact, Griffin, you guys experienced a layoff in your own office. Not you, but um, another SD there. I see spas are closing their doors. So we're all going through this together. And I feel like this is the perfect time to have a podcast, hopefully to make you guys laugh a little bit. But just to reassure you that we're all huddled up in our houses. We're all pretty much commissioned workers these days. And we're just we're trying to figure it out. So SD besties, we love you. And we're excited to take this podcast journey with you. And we, we welcome any feedback on topics that you want to hear while we're stuck in quarantine. But let's kind of jump into it, Griffin. Like we ended our first podcast, which thank you so much to everyone that listened. Y'all are awesome. We got so much good feedback. We're working on all the technical difficulties now, Um, but we kind of left off, like we didn't really talk about like how we got into the job. So some feedback that I got is people want to know, how do you find a job when you can't, when when you're outside of school, you need a job? Or I even had someone say like, I went back to school when I was in my I think she was in her 40s. And she's like, how do I find a job as an older woman getting back into the industry? So maybe we should touch on that today too. Um, but let's start with you because I've been talking a lot already. <laughs> we left off. Where did we even leave off? Like you, you tell me, gosh, mind blank. Yeah, no, I, I kind of, like most people, I don't love my own voice, but I kind of listened to it this morning. I skimmed through it to refresh my memory 
And I did talk about how, so for me, making the jump to the medical field, I was working at a day spa. I took the, actually, no, let me just, let's just back up for a minute. When I got my license, I couldn't find a job anywhere in the aesthetics field. I went to a temp agency and took temp jobs because I knew I didn't want to get another full-time job in another field. I wanted to pursue aesthetics. I'm very stubborn. Um, And so I started working temp jobs while I kept applying. I got a job at a spa. And as I said last podcast, they were doing a Botox party with a doctor and an NP, and I made sure I was there for that, and I was available. I was very helpful. I tried to act as a liaison between the woman that came to the spot and called me months later for an interview, and I stayed there for five years. Now, we were more um, medical, and we were more dermatology, so a, a lot of the stuff I did there was... Um, like I always like to joke with people, like I went to school to learn the basics and then I got that first job in the medical practice and like all, everything I learned went out the window. Like I took all the rules one by one and I just blew them up. I did things (laughs) doing, um, it was crazy at times. It scared the hell out of me at times what I was doing, but, um, luckily I had great guidance from our nurse practitioner and, um, I learned a lot and I got really fearless. So I was really lucky to get to learn in that environment. And that's where I learned. How about, how about you transition? Cause you were at the Omni and yes. by networking when you were waiting tables. So how did you transition from Omni? How did you find your first medical job? Networking. I think, I don't know if I talked about this in the last podcast. I should have re-listened. I, you're so diligent. Y'all, this is the difference between Griffin and I. I was just telling her before we got started, she has figured out how to do the logistics of the podcast. I'm like, just tell me where to be and I'll be there at that time. Okay. Um, But (laughs) networking was how I got into Derm. I met this, this little cutie. He asked me to dance one night at a a show here in Nashville. Next thing I know, I'm interviewing in Derm. But I remember going in for that interview, you know, like I had only been out of school for about two years at that point and been working in Omni. So you're doing a lot of like luxury, um, effleurage, massaging facials, and it's just, it's very relaxing. There's no windows in the room. It's very dark. They're coming in with the spa robe, you know, it's, it's an amazing environment, but you just don't get knowledge on how to really extract. You don't know how to use a lancet. You know, I knew how to dermaplane because I went to Atlanta. We'll talk about, we'll talk a little bit more about certifications too. Um, but you don't do that in a hotel spot. You're like, I mean, I think they just got a hydrofacial, which I thought was insane that Omni brought in a hydrofacial. Go Omni. Um, but you, you just, you don't know much. And so when I got into derm, I walked in during that interview and y'all, I was wearing some, like, I look like I was going to court, okay? Like, what do you wear as an esthetician to a job interview? Because you wear scrubs every other day. I was in, like, a white button-down, like, literally going to court, okay? (laughs) I was the attorney that day. And I walked in with my little book, and in that book, and I I tell all young SDs to do this. Anytime you get a certification, you don't need to frame it and put it on the wall, you need a flip book that has like clear storage, um, like liners, like a, what do you call it? A portfolio. And you just slip all of your certifications in those. So when you go into a job interview, 
whoever's interviewing you can just flip through that book and see everything. I even had like good workmanship and ethics certification that I got in school. So keep it all. Don't trash that. It may sound so like, like minuscule at that point of like, oh yeah, I have good ethics in school. But to someone that's interviewing you, like, oh, she showed up to school. She did this. She did that. It all proves and shows a purpose. So have all those together. You don't need to put 30, 40 certifications on your wall. That's a little overkill. Okay. And plus you need to have a way to show them. So go into this interview. I have my little book. It's the office manager and the dermatologist. And I think I got like maybe five minutes down the road and they called and they said, the job is yours. Because I, even though I didn't have that laser certification yet or any of that, I showed them that I wanted to learn. And I also took a huge, huge pay cut to go work in Bernie. The biggest misconception is when Let's you get out of the world is that you make so much more money. No, I made 50% less money. I went, I'll be real. I went from making about $50 an hour working at Omni Hotel to making $19 an hour working in a dermatologist office. Granted, I had health insurance. I had health insurance at Omni too. I went to make less so I could learn more. And that's the key takeaway here. You've got to be willing to sacrifice to get where you want to go in the long run. You, I didn't want to wax. I didn't want to do all that. Okay, pay cut. Go learn what you want to learn. You've got to show them that you want to be there. And if you're willing to take that pay cut to prove it, hey, that tells a lot to a business owner. Um, so that, that's where I would kind of say like, where do we transition from here? Do we talk about money? (laughs) Yeah, I would like to add to that because, um, my first, yeah, my job at the Durham clinic, since a lot of it was insurance based, like I didn't get commission. I didn't get, I mean, tips. you don't get tips in the medical world. Well, there weren't any tips and a lot of, but I wasn't doing facials either. We were not doing facials. The NP kept pushing for me to do this vitamin C facial, but we just were not set up for it. It was not a relaxing environment. People were running up and down the halls. Phones are ringing off the hook. I was very against it because I thought, I can't do a good facial in this environment. Plus, my room was not. So it was all chemical peels and lasers. And people, you know, it was a medical environment. So no, there were no tips. The pay was bad. <laughs> um, I think by the time I'd left, I'd negotiated to get, we sold Glow Minerals makeup and I was in charge since I was the only esthetician. The other, there were two laser techs and one nurse. Um, so I was in charge of the makeup, like doing all that. I negotiated for, to get like 10% of my sales from Glow Beauty um, by the time I left. But so the pay was, it was not good, but I knew the experience I was getting was priceless because that clinic had, we had all candela lasers. We had, these are like old school terms, but we had a two Alex's, a Q-switch, a YAG. Oh uh, God, what else? Ooh, is that everything? We had, anyway. So I knew I was getting great experience on all these different types of lasers. I wouldn't be, it'd be hard to get anywhere else. So I knew that was worth it. So I stuck with it and I got to learn a lot from that nurse practitioner. Yes. That's, that's key. Like little interjection there, you know, the offices that you go into, 
it's really about who you get to work with. You know, you kind of have to overlook sometimes the boss in the office because it's the nurse practitioners, the nurses, the office managers, the people booking your appointments. Like those are the people that you learn from along the way to build you into being like a good SD because it starts from the person that answers the phone. If that person... Like they need to know it all in order to tell that client what appointment to book with you, you know? So it's like, you kind of learn, have to learn all the things, but all of those people teach you. Okay. Sorry. I interrupted you. I can't see when your mouth is moving. So I don't know when I'm interrupting you. (laughs) Um, Now that nurse practitioner that I learned, I, now I will say this, I learned a lot from her. And she definitely kind of took me under her wing because I think she saw how much I love and how passionate I was about skincare. But when I say she took me under her wing, I don't mean in like a, I don't know. I mean in more like a Miranda Presley, Devil Wears Prada way. (laughs) (laughs) She She was brutal. So we had to take the, she did all the consults and then she kind of assigned us to treatments, which is kind of an unusual situation. Um, But we had to take pictures for all the consults. I'm not kidding. If, if I didn't take good enough photos, she would open the door to her room. She, cause we printed out the photos. This is like, you know, 13 years ago, she would take the photos. She would, she wouldn't even say anything. She would just kind of open the door, keep talking to the patient and she would throw the photos at me. That's how I knew the photos weren't good enough. Um, she had me write, she did a CEU course for nurses at the hospital um, for the TCA blue peel from Obagi, she had me write it. I had to learn how to do a blue peel upside down, inside out, backwards and forwards. Like at that point, like I knew anything there was to know about a blue peel and I wasn't even licensed to do, t- you know, 50% TCA blue peels, but she had me do one. The patient did not know. She totally, she put me on the spot. She didn't tell me I was going to do it. We got in the room and usually all I did was like prep the face, dab the tears and hold the fan. No, she looked at me and the patient had their eyes closed. They were laying back. They were high on their little Valium. And she looked at me and she said, you do it. She mouthed it to me. And I was like, what? Like my stomach like was like, ooh. And I was like, all right, but I know how to do this because I've watched it a thousand times. And I had to write that, you know, TCA blue peel CEU class. So I can do this. And I did it. Um, and that's not. I think- yeah. Okay. I think that happens a lot in the medical world, too. Um, so a little bit about working in a medical office. When you work under a doctor, you are covered by their liability and their malpractice insurance. So typically when you're in a medical office, even if you are like the front desk girl, if the doctor says, hey, go put that peel on someone back there, you you technically can without a license because the doctor is saying, I trust you. And if you F it up, they're going to come after me. So anybody that works in the medical office under a governing doctor's license, would that be right? The way you say that, like under a doctor's licensure, under their malpractice license? Yeah. Insurance. I don't know. Like you're, you're pretty much covered. So that's why you will see nurse practitioners and aesthetic or estheticians and regular, like just nurses, like everybody can kind of do the same job in that realm. So I think that confuses a lot of people of like, Oh, my nurse practitioner did my IPL last time. And like, now I'm stuck with the esthetician, honey, honey, honey. We're all certified the same. 
when nurse practitioners go to become a nurse practitioner, they are not taking a course in lasers typically. They're not doing chemical peel section. And I sure as hell know they are not learning how to cleanse the skin with their hands and do effleurage and supplement massage on your face. Okay. But when you get into the office and you start working with the dermatologist, you all start working and learning the same protocol. So I think like when you get into an office as an esthetician and you start working with the nurse practitioners, they've already been doing it. So that's why you start learning from them. But if you're the only esthetician in a derm office and there are no other really nurse practitioners around to to teach you, then all of those things are going to fall on you. So in my experience in the derm office, I worked for a Devil Wars Prada (laughs) boss too, girl, Uh, except mine gave me shingles. She stressed me out so much that I had shingles. She said I was the youngest case of shingles she had ever seen that went down the back of my neck and my shoulder because I walked on eggshells every single day when I worked there. I could come in and I'd be like, is she going to say hi to me this morning? I'm young. I'm in like early 20s. I'm like, please say hi to me, please. And (laughs) She wouldn't, you know, I remember another day I wrote, um, I had like a scratch piece of paper where I had like been writing something down in the room with a client on my own scratch paper. I misspelled capillaries. She circled it in red pen. And then as I said, it's scratch paper and threw it away. She was like, learn how to spell. Okay. Okay. You're right. I do need to learn how to spell. I mean, just Working for a doctor is a whole different ballgame. Like, I, I, I just, mm, it's a different ballgame. A female dermatologist doctor, maybe, in plastics, too. I think they have to work so much damn harder to get where they're at in this crazy world that they demand respect. Yeah, I, well, I think a lot of females, just in my experience talking to Dr. Halls and Dr. Gengrass about how, in the beginning, they had to fight for OR time. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of female plastic surgeons. There's not a lot of female surgeons. There's not a lot, you know, doctor, you know, it's, it's traditionally a male dominated field. It's evening out a lot, but they're, you know, doctors are, they're a little bit of a different breed. Um, so you have to have a thick skin. You really do. I mean, I feel like my first year in that medical practice, I would just like, I went home and my head was just like spinning with facts and jewels and milliseconds and (laughs) and just like my head was just like, it felt like it was going to explode. But it was, um, it was really great. And I'm thankful I got to learn a lot. And then that led to my second job. So I got, I was at my first medical job for five years, which is a pretty good time. You really don't want to skip around a lot. You want to try and like keep your resume you don't, you can't really just show up to somewhere and just because you're not making a ton of money, just quit. Like you have to, you said this a lot in the first one, Courtney, you have to hustle. This is a hustling game and you can't just sit back and think, oh, well I'm here. All the clients are going to come to me. You have to go out and find them or get them. And when I work, when I'm new at a doctor's office, my favorite thing to do is if I don't have anything to do and the doctors have patients waiting. Guess what? They're just sitting there. I stick my little head in. Hi. Yeah. I'm- I'm a, I'm a esthetician. If you have any questions about skincare, if you need sunscreen, if you need moisturizer, here's my card. I do free consults. Like that's to me the number one way to get new patients or clients when you're new to a practice. And one a good way to lose your job as a esthetician 
is to not hustle and not put your head in those rooms. I know when I worked in the Derm, I consulted with her on every single client because yeah, they may have a spot that needs to be removed, but they also have a freckle they don't like. You know, there's, there's always something that someone wants to talk about. And usually when they're there to see a doctor, they're waiting, they're waiting, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes the doctor's running over. It happens. It's life. And that is a 20, 30 minutes. If you're not busy, that you could literally be putting together a skin routine for them and not because you're selling it because they want it. People just want to know what to do because they don't know. They're getting so much advice from MLMs, their mother's twin sister's daughter's cat selling Rodan and Fields to them. And she's got a kit, but yet it's not working. So like, there's just a lot of information. They are in that office because they want answers. And I, I see that a lot from girls. In fact, I have, a, I have some friends that have a really awesome boutique spa here and they've kind of struggled with finding an esthetician because one, they're new, you know, so of course people are not just walking in off the street and booking a $250 facial, but the esthetician was it kind of expecting people to just kind of walk in and book that $250 facial. Hustle. I mean, I hate that word, but it just is what it is. Yeah. It's interesting to me too. People like, have, I think have a big misconception about physician dispense skincare or medical grade products and the prices and they're maybe intimidated, but I see us as money savers. Like you're going to come to me, tell me your skin. My brain, my brain is hardwired to be able to tell you what to do. It's like what I love doing half the time I'm at the grocery store looking at people giving them skincare advice in my head and I can get you the products that are going to work for you. And if not, Guess what? My particular clinic, we have, and I tell people this all the time, if they see, if I can tell they're hesitant or nervous, we have a 30 day return policy. If this doesn't work, come back, actually come back, talk to me, tell me why it didn't work. Cause I want to find what works with you. So I think we can, I think we save people money because they don't have to do shop with guesswork and marketing. Exactly. And we're not out to say you need a hundred things on your skin. You know, it's when you see a an esthetician typically in the medical world. And Griffin and I both work in medical aesthetics now with lasers and peels and physician dispense products, just in different environments. But it's like, we are giving you the the minimum of what we want you to do because it's all about compliance, you know? So when your clients are coming in and they're asking these questions, if you're not selling them, you are advising them, you are you are consulting them. You are not just talking about product. At least I'm not. I'm talking about, do you wash your pillowcase? You know, the biggest thing, do you take your phone into the bathroom? I have to ask people that. Yes. Okay. Do you wash your phone? Do you wipe it down? No. Okay. Like it's, it's talking it out. It's a relationship, that connection. But the biggest thing with, uh, I see is vulnerability. Like when they are on your table or they're sitting in front of you, it's like they're just becoming so vulnerable and you are able to build that rapport. So yeah, if in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I usually say give it four weeks, but if it's not working or it's, if something ends up happening, please let me know. I'm your friend. Like if your friend did something wrong or if you needed to work out an issue, like 
wouldn't you call your friend? Yes, you would tell her. So I, I look at it like that. You do save the money. In the long run, they're spending, I mean, I hate to use Rodan and Fields, but Rodan and Fields is expensive for what it is. Like, oh my gosh, I've seen people spend hundreds of dollars on this stuff. And I'm like, you could have got something that won an Allure Beauty Award for half the price. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am horrified by the department store brand prices, like these Chanel night creams that are $300. I mean, that's insane. And it's all fragrance and emollients to make it look and feel and smell nice. So you have a good experience. So you keep using it, but it's not, they're not real actives. Um, so that's I, a whole nother podcast. Actives. That, I was like, spin off into this topic. So, but bringing it back to the medical field, talking about working with difficult bosses. So that hard nurse practitioner, she, um, I found this really clever way of dealing with her. Um, and this has worked for some other people. Definitely doesn't work with my two doctors now. Dr. Jengrass and Haas are sharp as a tack. But this nurse practitioner always thought her ideas were the best ideas and we were always going to go with them no matter what. So I would do something, and when she asked me about it, I would look at her and say, oh, but remember you told me, but, and she never wanted to look wrong. So I would always tell her what I was doing was her idea, and she just went along with it. And it worked <laughs> so much of the time. <laughs> um, because she was one of those... I remember? <laughs> That's hilarious. What a good tactic. It, Reverse psychology, Griffin, at its finest. I mean, it, it really, it really did because I didn't know what else to do because she was um, just a little bit stubborn and set in her ways, which is fine. It was her, she was a co-owner with the doctor. So you have to respect that. But I would just kind of like do what I thought was best because after five years of working with the same patients over and over, I knew them and they knew me. I mean, I cried my last day, like saying goodbye to everyone. My final two, so I let the patients know I was moving to Florida because I'd gotten recruited um, a spa manager in Florida had heard about me and she wanted someone with my kind of experience to work at um, their spa over in like the 30A area, Santa Rosa beach, still on the Gulf coast, beautiful Gulf coast. And um, so I, I was, yeah, I was in tears like the whole last two weeks, just saying goodbye to all my favorites, all my favorite people, everyone there was my favorite. So what about um, the whole, okay, I'm in this office. I feel really stuck. You know, I, they're not letting me do more at this point. I want to grow. I don't know if I can grow. Is the, gra- is the grass greener on the other side or is it just time to water your own lawn? That, that is, I think, a good question in the skincare world too. Cause you know, we all hit that ceiling where we're like, okay, like for me, when I was in Durham, I couldn't work with that doctor anymore. The nurses that I loved, she quit. Um, the one that like really took the time to work with me and showed me how to do proper milia extractions and things like that. She pieced out, she was over it. Um, next thing I knew the NP I loved was piecing out the doctors, like one-on-one nurse pieced out. And I was like, all right, we're all in the same boat. They see the grass is greener somewhere else. I got to go. I went to Green Beauty, but quickly found out that I had a different kind of boss that wasn't even that much better, you know? So it, I think the biggest thing is like always kind of like evaluating the situation of like, okay, yeah, I'm not happy here, but 
I might not be happy there either if I take that plunge. I was not happy when I went to Green Beauty because when you go from medical to Green Beauty, it's like you're basically kind of reversing your knowledge on everything you've ever learned. Like I went from saying, you need a topical vitamin C, you know, the THD to saying, oh, ashwagandha is just as potent as vitamin C. It's the most powerful antioxidant on the world. And I just found myself like really scripted and working for these green beauty bosses. And I say like green beauty because it was a green beauty, um, like it was not a salon. It was a, a nail place that also did facials, but it's like, Fear mongering. When you get into the green beauty world, it's all about fear. And these, I have never seen a boss that, like when I was in the medical world, I never had the germ say, push product, push product, like sell something, sell something. When I got into that world, I'm not going to mention the names, but those partners first and foremost were horrible together. One was the laziest person I've ever met. In fact, she handed me her trash one day while she sat on a stool and asked me to take it to the back for her. I will never work for someone that is not willing to clean the bathrooms themselves. When it is your business, you better take so much pride in that business that you're willing to do it with us as your employees. But Every time I would come down, it's like they would be like listening for what products I was selling. And then if a new product came in, there would the own the other owner, she was the one that was so heavy on selling. She'd be like, I need you to sell this this week. Like, we have a lot of this. I need you to sell this. So I just I don't know. I, I have worked for some shit. I'm not even gonna say bad. I've worked for some shitty bosses. Am I the best employee? Yes. Yes. I'm the best. No, no, I'm not because I am an advocate. Remember I came from social work. So a big part of me is like always wanting to root for the underdogs. So like when I was in that green beauty world, these, these women were charging 50, $60 for a manicure because it was formaldehyde free. Okay. Polish, but only paying their nail techs like 11 or $12 an hour. There was a a nail tech there that was like breastfeeding. She couldn't even have breaks to do her pumping. So she was in agony. So I just feel like I kind of like start from jumping the derm to green beauty. It's like, I got two bad bosses like in a row that I was like, this is never going to end. This is never going to end. I don't want to work for anyone. And so I jumped to one more place about a year and a half, I I went through a year and a half of that. Then I jumped to one more place and I had that third bad boss. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm never going to work for someone ever again because I'm always going to be that advocate. I'm always going to go into an office. I feel like, and say like, Oh, that's not sanitary. Or I don't like this product. I've worked with it before. Or, oh, I'm not going to sell somebody or something. So you kind of have to know what kind of employee you are. Yes. Um, and we, I do want to revisit the whole green beauty thing in another podcast. I don't know if we've jotted that down yet, but we need to. We need to. Um, and then, so that kind of, so that ties nicely into, yeah, my second job in Florida. So Florida's a different state. Um, rules are different there. The aesthetics license is something ridiculous, like 300 hours, which is why the spa manager wanted me. She wanted an Alabama license. 
Um, so never worry about getting too, there's no such thing as too many hours or too much education, guys. So I went over there. Um, it was really bizarre. Um, they paid commission quarterly. And the hourly, for where I was, 30A is an expensive area. So it, it was a big struggle for me to find an affordable place to live down there. And then the whole commission quarterly was bad. And they had us all, and I will never do this again, and I do not recommend it. I think if a place asks you to sign a non-compete... That run, run, run. They have a lot of turnover. They can't keep employees. That says a lot about them as a practice. <laughs> Estheticians, if I can give you a future SDs, estheticians, please just know, let's all just unionize and just say no, non, no non-compete contracts. And or they, you'll be like me and live in Nashville and work in Brentwood. <laughs> um, so and they were, she was, that, that was very heavy. I had all these sales goals, which I'd never had before in my previous practice. And it was very, it gave me a lot of anxiety because at the, these, we'd have our commissions quarterly, you'd have a big meeting and they'd go over all your numbers and talk about what you didn't sell enough. Now there was a particular device there. I didn't believe in. I didn't really think it worked. So I did not push it. When I consulted people, it was a very gentle way of talking them out of doing it without saying, don't do this. It doesn't work. Um, so they'd always talk to me about that. And those meetings gave me so much anxiety. And they even had cameras in the office. And if they, they would check in on you. And if they saw you sitting there, they would call. Like, what are you doing? Why are you sitting there? And I'm like... Uh, or they'd call and tell you that jacket's not approved. You can't wear it. Like, I'm not kidding. They would call and like, they had time, I guess, on their hands at the home office because the home office was in Panama city and I was in a different section and they would watch you on the camera. So I started hiding in the treatment rooms. I would do. <laughs> if you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean. That was my first job at Smoothie King. And you know what? That was the first job I quit. So. <laughs> So it was, it was a lot of high pressure sales. So I really feel for a lot of these places, like I'm just going to say it, ideal image where it's very sales heavy. They have sales goals, sales requirements. It's, I am so thankful I'm in private practice and I don't have a single, my doctors, my practice manager have never told me any kind of, there's nothing they're, they're not like you have a minimum or you need to sell this or you need to move that. They just trust me that I know the best thing to do for every person I talk to. And they just let me do what I want to do. And it is glorious. Absolutely. That's the best thing about, I think, being on my own is I tell clients all the time, look, I picked out the products I brought in here. No one is telling me, sell this line, sell that line. I'm like, nope, I don't like it. I don't carry it. If I, if it doesn't work for people, I don't order it back. Like it's just one of those things. And that that is like one of the highlights of being on your own is no one telling you what you have to sell or what you're not hitting a quota on. Skin should never be about quota. Skin is an organ. What if there was like the head of a hospital that said, all right, Dr. Lee, I'm going to need you to do 30 heart transplants this month. And if you don't do 30, one per day, then you're out of here. Like what, what if they what if 30 people don't need a heart transplant? You know, it's like, think about skin in that realm when you're looking for a job. Do they make you sign that non-compete? Like Griffin said, there is a reason they want you to sign that non-compete. 
I had to sign one. I think, what was the last one I signed? So the job that I worked before I went out on my own, I went back to medical derm plastics-ish. It was in an office full of nurse practitioners. No names because I want to probably say they get too happy. <laughs> um, they, my first week there, I, I don't, I don't mention names. So I can, now I can tell like all the fun stories. There was another nurse practitioner there that stopped me in the parking garage crying, telling me that she wanted to quit my first week there. I was hired by the, um, the office like boss, which is a nurse practitioner, because I thought we were friends. Like she was getting facials from me for like two and a half years. It felt like I think that long. And I had been going to her for Botox. So we had like a really good relationship. And I was interviewing at leaving Green Beauty. I was interviewing at her office and another office. And both of them gave me these job offers. They were both they seemed amazing, but she was closer to home. So I thought, okay, let me, let me hit this up. She's a very well-known name in the industry for her business. So I get in there first month. We are cool as cucumbers. Like I'm thinking I'm a little bit older than her. So I'm thinking, you know what? It's going to be a great fit. She respects me. She values my opinion. You know, I've been around this block. Then the girls are crying. Like, I walked into a mean girl movie. It was like coming out of, you know, like what's that mean girl movie where she like comes into the lunchroom with her tray, you know, and like the popular table every day was like, Oh my God, are the popular girls going to let me sit with them? It was a cool girls club. And I just, I did not fit in. And I, I'm just not that cool, I guess. But I am not one for going home at the end of the day and feeling like I could cry. If, if, a, if a job makes you feel like you want to cry at the end of the day because of how you're being treated, not because it's hard, not because it's challenging, not because you can't figure something out, because all of that comes with time. But if you're, an, if you're in a job, you're in an environment where the people are literally just not nice, that is time to go. And that's when I went on on my own, was like, okay, I had, yeah, the derm, she was cray cray, everybody there left. So like that was warranted. The Green Beauty Salon, it was not a good fit at all. Two manager, in fact, one of the um, owners split from the other one. So that, that goes to show you something is up to. And then that third one, it was like third time's the charm. It's time to venture out. It's time to spread my little wings. But you went from Florida to, when did you move to Nashville? It's going to be five years this April. Actually, what's really sad is my, so I started, I moved here April 2nd of 2015. And I started my job April 6th. I started my job and um, we were going to have like my five year anniversary celebration and we're not um, like, you know, it's supposed to be this Monday. They were going to get me cupcakes. But anyway, so I moved, I left Florida because I did not love the, uh, the high pressure sales. I just didn't love it. And Florida, I couldn't laser and I just really missed lasering so badly because I just think it was so much fun. So I felt like my skills were going to waste. It was a lot of facials, some waxing, and microdermabrasion. And I'm not a fan of microdermabrasion, but they would, they gave it out like candy for some reason. And so I, I hate microdermabrasion. Can that be another podcast? Yes. Why it is so outdated? 
Yes, that can be another podcast. Let's jot that down next to Green Beauty. Um, so I stayed at that clinic for about two years. And then um, I, my husband and I knew we wanted to leave. We wanted to leave Florida. It just wasn't the place for us. So we started looking at Atlanta, Charleston, and Nashville. And um, reps are everything in this industry, having good relationships. So I'm and I, at that point, I was really loving cool sculpting, and I knew I really wanted to um, continue that because I was getting really good at it. So I applied at clinics in Nashville that had cool sculpting and obaji because those were two things I'd been doing for a while and I knew a lot about. And that's how I ended up where I am at Plastic Surgery Center of Nashville. And now I've been here for five years. It's so crazy, like, because... To me, you're so young, but to work five years in one place, five years in another place, like you're just, it just goes to show your personality is so much different than mine. And I love it. Uh, I love it. I'm not, I feel like I look, I'm getting Botox for a long time, but like I'm this June, I'll be 38. I'm like creeping up on 40, which is wild to me. Wild. I feel like 40 is the new 30 though. With with Botox and good skincare, like 40 is the new 30, 30 is the new 20. It's just where we're going. Yes. Um, no, I mean, I feel great. That's why I feel like it's so crazy that I'm going to be 40 in two years. So um, do you have any advice for any, because like right now, five years, you love the bosses you work for. Like when we talk in private, you have nothing but nice things to say. And I'm the best boss to myself I've ever had. <laughs> Good. But like, do we have like any advice for people right now that were, because we talked about Corona, we talked about how people are in a lot of transition. Like what, what's our advice for them? Because I know their office is closing. There are people moving out that are renting. There are people that are like, should I shut my doors? Do I even get to come back? Because you have to think like, yes, everyone at home is we're worrying about our rent and our mortgage payments and our car payments. But all of us small business owners, we have another kind of rent to pay too. We have a, a business rent. We've got business loans, all the things, taxes. So it's like, at what point do you just throw in the towel or what point are you like, no, I can, I can ride this out. Um, I, gosh, that's hard. Cause we've never been through anything like this. I'm trying to stay active on my social media and stay connected. A lot of my really sweet patients follow me there. Um, I'm messaging a lot of them privately. Hey, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Like I have one patient whose husband's an ER doctor and I was, I messaged her the other day and I'm like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Because he's had to basically kind of move out and not have contact with his wife and child right now. And I know she's got to be scared about that. So I'm just trying to stay in touch with everyone. Um, I know um, I'm incredibly resilient. And I've, I just was telling my husband this yesterday. I've worked too hard to get where I am currently to go back. I don't believe in moving backwards. I only believe in moving forward. So um, I believe my doctors are going to reopen their clinic doors. And I will fight tooth and nail to stay here and be there when they're ready. Um, even if that means... so. When I worked in Florida, I was not making good money. Um, my husband and I met, we got engaged, we got married. I wanted this gorgeous, expensive wedding dress. And we don't really believe in putting things on credit cards like that. So what did I do? I worked weekends cleaning condos, disgusting vacation beach condos. And mm. I cash for that 
beautiful. So I know I am tough. I'm resilient and I will do what I have to do because I want to go back to work. I want to go back to hydrofacials. I want to go back to cool sculpt training. I had too many things I was looking forward to this year to let this set me back. And I don't know for other people in the industry, like there are companies like, so Griffin and I both have a hydrofacial device in our office. Um, our hydrofacial reps, they have been laid off temporarily. Hopefully we don't know. So like even our support staff or companies, they are taking leaves of absences and it's just, it's a really unknown time, but I think if we can all just kind of like remain positive and have that, like the light at the end of the tunnel, it's kind of, I'm reading this book where it's like the earth is kind of like mending itself right now. You know, it's kind of doing this like process of elimination, like air quality is better. And I'm, I always get stressed out around this time of year of like, oh my gosh, am I going to have enough time to get all my crops in the ground? Am I going to have enough time to weed my garden beds? And now it's like mother nature said, here you go, Courtney. Here you go. Here's you a month to get all that stuff done. And when you're done with it, here's the light. And then you can go back into the room and you can do it. So the thing right now is I think tell your clients that the best way that they can do, the best thing that they can do to support you is to one, buy products through you. A lot of skincare companies are coming out with these new plans where they will cut the business a check instead of just giving the business like a product credit to replenish product for their office. So that's going to help a lot of businesses out when it comes to like paying the rent for their buildings. And then that way, maybe your employer can have a little bit of extra money to give you something to hold you over. I think another way is... You know, gift cards are kind of tricky because, yeah, if they're buying them now, you don't really have any money coming in later. So the biggest thing is like telling your clients, the moment that I open my doors, the best way you can support me is just book. Book out a few treatments. Maybe get your mom or your sister or somebody a treatment. Treat them to something that you wouldn't normally do. That is the best way because we're, like I said, we are all in this together. We're all feeling it. And I think just the biggest thing is don't feel like you're alone. A lot of people are panicking right now, but it's one month of our life. We can get through this. That's right. We can get through this. Just take care of yourselves. Go out, walk, get some fresh air. Um, find some things to do that makes you happy. Pick up, maybe pick, try a new hobby. I'm trying to pick back up um, knitting, but we just want to thank everyone for listening. Please, wherever you get your podcast subscribe, review, and rate us. That really helps other people hear about us. Um, I want to thank my husband, Damian Churchwell, for being an engineer. And we want to thank the girl that Kelsey does... Kelsey Kopecky! Yes! Kelsey Kopecky, thank you for our music. She wrote this song, and she is like generously letting us borrow it. Y'all should check her out. What's her handle on Instagram if they want to check her out? At Kelsey Kopecky, K-O-P-E-C-K-Y. That's right. And I am at Griffin underscore the underscore esthetician. And I am at What's Cooking Court. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks.